Hey, what's up? You're listening to me, Jack, on the punk rock demonstration out here with the band Reagan Youth out here at the Glass House in Pomona. And we've got, what's your name and what do you do in the band? You don't have the band Reagan Youth. You just have Paul Cripple, the lead guitar player, a.k.a. Joey Turk, a.k.a. Pushy Kurats. That's the bass player from the metal record, the second album. And basically, I'm the only original member left in the band playing tonight in Pomona, California. So you're saying you're the only original member? What happened with the other ones? The first one, Dave Insurgent, he has his own Wikipedia. You could look that up. The other one was a bass player, and this guy was cooler than any of us when the band first started out. He was in John Holmstrom's Punk Magazine next to Debbie Harry and Joey Ramone. And he knew everyone on the established punk scene way before Dave and I ever did. And uh, he contacted me, I think, like in the beginning of the 2000, 2001 or 2002, and said, hey, uh, you know, I went on the Internet and we can play a gig and we're going to play as Paul and Andy as Reagan Youth. And we decided we were going to do it. And uh, he goes uh, to Guitar Center, says he's going to buy me that amp. And then we go and have dinner at an Argentinian restaurant. He didn't want to eat Egyptian I was living in uh, Woodside by the time, so I took him to Astoria, and they have a lot of uh, Egyptian restaurants there, but 9-11 had just happened. It was around after that time, so he said no to that. We ate really good Argentinian food, and then we decided we were going to meet tomorrow, the very next day, do a rehearsal, and uh, he didn't call me, and uh, I figured something went really bad or whatever, so uh, I didn't call him, but I got a call later and found out that he had a heart attack and died. And the day you were supposed to buy me my amp and all that to get ready for that gig at CB's, I was going to the guy's funeral. So drugs took not just Dave Insurgent, the lead singer, but took our original bass player as well. Cocaine-induced heart attack. And out of all the band members that were ever in the band, he was a guy that still remained my friend, like I actually hung out with him and did shit with him even after he left the band. So I considered him a friend and not just a bass player. So the uh, fourth guy, the drummer, is playing drums. He played a couple of songs with us at Tompkins Square Park. We played these free shows in Tompkins Square Park. And um, he uh, lives in Virginia, so he doesn't uh, play tonight in Pomona, but he does play drums, and he is alive, and drugs did not take him. Let's hear it for Charlie Tripper. That's a good thing. So what year was this? Like, what year did this all happen? We were young. We, lit, we grew up in Queens, and we did drugs. And what happened was Andy was the kind of guy who did more drugs than anyone, fucked more girls than anyone, did it at an earlier age. He used to drive... Uh, ride his motorcycle, his black motorcycle, dressed in black leather with a black helmet and his front headlight was out and he'd smoke a lot of angel dust. And everyone's like, you're going to die. But he never did. So that he would go and die of something like a cocaine-induced heart attack is just like unreal. Like you just didn't see it coming. And I remember the rabbi spoke at his funeral and said he was such a bright star that 
the brightest stars sometimes shine so bright they burn out quicker than normal ones. And unfortunately, he died like that. And that was right after 9-11. And it was, I would say it was like three or four years before. It was like, all right, it was 2003. That sounds right. Or 2002. It was, I remember it was, it was the 20th anniversary Jack Rabbit was putting a show together. 20th anniversary of New York Hardcore Compilation. So whenever the fuck that was, like 2002, I would imagine. Changing the subject, who came you know up with what? the name Reagan Youth? David Surgeon was the smartest guy. He came up with the name of the band. And basically, we were in a punk band called Puss. We were young and stupid, and we had songs like Degenerated, and it would go like, stalk the streets and scare old bags, then go to the village and beat up fags with their high heel shoes. We're degenerated, degenerated, and our minds are preoccupied. You know, really like racist stupid things we were young kids reagan 1980 looked like he was going to beat a peanut farmer who listened to the allman brothers and as a punk rocker there was nothing you hated more than the allman brothers back then so we decided to become reagan youth but be pro reagan you know take over these oil rich companies and stuff like that and we had a history teacher, Mr. Gappelberg, and he spoke to me and Dave like, no, you can't do that. You can't do that, you know? But Dave didn't want to call it pus anymore because it was silly, and I agreed with him. And he said, Reagan youth, and we'll like, you know, you know, I mean, listen to the lyrics, you know, that I was just singing to you. Those were the original lyrics to Degenerated, you know? I gave my daddy a heart attack when I blew up his Cadillac. And I did it just for fun. You should have seen him when I got kicked out of school. I didn't know raping teachers was against the rule. A Catholic school nun, whatever, you know. Degen changed it. Now, we had a physics teacher who turned into our roadie, Jack the Palmer. He was my physics teacher. Very strange man. He was a grateful deadhead, right? And uh, he liked music. And uh, every morning, he used to say, what's Johnny doing out on Tuesday night? Every morning, he'd say that. And one morning, Dave was like, that's brilliant. That's going to be the beginning of Degenerated. And we all listened to it. The drummer, Charlie, listened to it. I listened to it. Dave listened to it. Dave was the one that heard Jack the Palmer, my physics teacher, say it every morning and say, hey, that's a great lyric. And you know what? That's the way songs are written. And we take a long time to write songs. I don't know if you realize it, but when this shit was coming, being written in the 70s, it didn't come out till 84 for Degenerated Three Notes. And you know what? That, the last song on the compilation, a collection of pop classics, is this instrumental. That was the first song I wrote. And the chorus was Nipkondi, because Japanese people ran the candy stores, not Apu and uh, Pakistanis. Back then it was Japanese. Nipkondi, Nipkondi, 
Nipcon D. And then. That song, and I added like whistling and all these backwards guitars, and we called it Back to the Garden. Well, anyway, that chorus is where I got the chords for Degenerated, and I played it. I double timed it, and I said, Dave, man, look, punk rock, just the chorus, three chords. But he said, No, go back to the original Nip Condi way, but you know, we'll do Degenerated. Degenerated, but play it like Johnny Ramone. None of that, like, you know, like, you know. You know, it's slow stuff. Downstrokes. So that's how that came about, and we needed a band. So me and Dave were on the Regal Park side of 63rd Drive that was the south. On the northern side was Andy. My sister, my older sister, who got me a leather jacket and was taking me to Max's Kansas City and telling me you better be cool and get into punk after she told me I better be cool and get into Deep Purple and I had to give up Little League to become this cool kid because my older sister, you know pushed me into it, and then I met Dave, and he knew more about music than my older sister, and here I am going to these clubs, and you know what? I picked up the guitar, and he said, I'm going to be a great guitar player. So instead of marrying a nice Jewish-American princess and settling down in Long Island, Nassau County, I ended up being in a hardcore punk band that actually has a message that has influenced people. And if someone told me back then in the early 80s, hey, you know what, people are still going to listen to your music 30 years from now, I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. And Dave, too. And the last Reagan Youth gig we played was in uh, Pittsburgh or somewhere in Pennsylvania. 15 people showed up, and half of them left when we started playing. And uh, I remember Steve Poss. He always hangs out with Murphy's Law. He's a main character in the New York hardcore scene. I'd seen him recently. And he showed me this big encyclopedia of punk that just came out. He said, look, you're in it, but it's wrong. It's wrong. And I read it. I said, what's wrong about it? He said, it said you guys stopped playing in 1989. I said, it's true. We stopped playing in 1989. He said, I thought you stopped playing in 84. I said, when was the last time you seen us? He went 84. And then he had that look on his face like, I didn't bother going to see you the last four years. And this is a guy who... We, you know, uh, he credits Dave and Surgeon for taking him out from where he was living with Andy Zapp and all that and turning him into this hardcore, you know, dude that, you know, actually started a New York hardcore scene, you know, and he didn't bother going to see the band the last four years. But you could see it on YouTube and you could see where we were heading. And I remember um, when our second album came out, I... uh, Dave told me he saw Steve Poss and he asked Steve what he thought of the record and he went, I never liked metal, never will. And I'll explain to you what happened with that record and shit if you're interested, but now when I've seen him recently, he's like, I like Miss Teen America. It's like, cool, you know, I'm glad you like it. I like it, you know. I think it's fast. It's not, you know, I don't know why people hate on that record so much. And you know what? A lot, I know there's too many solos, but it wasn't even mixed because Dave was attacked with a baseball bat after singing 
his first and only takes on that second record because of some drug dealer he owed shitload of money to. So not only did he not go back and finish his singing, because there's a lot of his singing that was messed up, it's a beautiful day. He says, toxic PCBs. It's toxic PCBs from the Hudson River. And PCBs, you know, because he was too high. He couldn't even go back and, and change that and fix it and make it sound better because he was in a coma because a drug dealer beat him within an inch of his life with a baseball bat. No one realized that about the second record. They just say, this doesn't sound like the first one. So I don't like it. Like some fucking retards. And I don't really give a shit about those retards. I play, and if they don't come, and that's the majority of the crowd, I don't give two fine fucks. So with all that information, any particular reason why you're still sticking with the name Reagan Youth? Because that's the band. The songs we play are from the band called Reagan Youth, and I'm the guitar player that started the band, and the drummer there is the drummer that played drums on the record and the bass player is the one that played bass on the record and when he wasn't playing bass on the second record i was so you got both bass players there only one of them's playing bass the other's playing guitar and you got the drummer from the metal record you know jesus was a communist even though it doesn't sound metal to you but yeah stuff like you know like that I mean, would you rather see the original members that got fired and replaced? Or would you rather see the guys that actually made it onto the record? Because the guys that are the original members were replaced and fired, respectively. Because they weren't good enough to record with. We made recordings with them, but let's face it. The recording with Al, the bass player we have, and Steve, who was the best musician this band never had he's a college professor now he's going to play with us tomorrow night he's going to come and sit in tomorrow night talking about members and all that stuff how did you find these new members to replace the old ones with Um, you know what in high school when we first started me and dave were on the south side of 63rd drive in rego park andy was on the north side my older sister knew andy he was already having threesomes, and when we were trying to you know, get ourselves to virginize, he was only one year older than us and should have been in high school, but he was too cool for school and dropped out. And he uh, was suggested to become our bass player by our drummer, Charlie, who actually went to the same high school me and Dave did and was from that north side of 63rd Drive in Rigo Park. So we didn't go to the same elementary school. And we didn't go to the same junior high school or middle school. But when we went to high school, we noticed him because he looked just like Marky Ramon with the straight hair and uh, and the uh, black leather jacket. And when we played with him, he played Blitzkrieg Bop perfect, you know. And, you know, piling in the backseat. And here's a guy that looks the part and sounds the part. And we went to the same high school as the Ramones. We didn't go the same years, but they went to Forest Hills High. We went to Forest Hills High. And this bass player that wasn't going to school anymore, but, you know, and he was a guitar player. And he wanted to play guitar, but I said, that's still not going to solve the problem. We still need a bass player. So uh, when he traded his SG for a Rickenbacker, and Steve Poss told me that, I knew I had a bass player, so I said, come on, you know, and that's when we did our first gig at A7 in 1981. 
we've been talking so much, so I guess we'll have to take a listen to a song. We talked about Degenerated earlier, so I guess we're going to take a listen to that one. Is there any particular message in that song, or is it just about um, random it's things? About, you know what? It's about teenagers that, you know what? Um, you know how Ian Mackay said, don't fuck, don't drink, you know, at least I can fucking think, that kind of thing. It's like, in Queens, it was everyone had to be a stupid, muscular jock that did a lot of drugs, that always drank a six-pack in the, in the high school, that never left, you know? Me and Dave and the punk rockers used to get on that train and go to the land of Oz, which was Manhattan, and got off 14th Street or, you know, and went to Max's Kansas City and then went to CBGB's. All these people you know, that stayed and just drank six-packs and ate quaaludes and then you know, fucked girls they didn't love just because they were from the neighborhood and that's, you know, um, for whatever reason, that's what that song is about. You know? That's who we you know, grew up with. You know? Very interesting. So I guess we'll definitely have to take a listen to that song. So I guess we'll have to take a listen to Degenerated by Reagan Youth and you're listening to me, Jack, and the punk rock demonstration out here with Reagan Youth. At the glass house. This is Big Dad. I want to see my boy. Anybody see my boy? Yo, yo. Hey, yo. My goddamn daughter's Mr. Tim. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck yeah. happened? Yeah. Hey, what's going on with your goddamn son? Big Dad coming out. Yo, man, he cut out with that D in that shit. He cut out with the D in the shit, man. Give me another beer. Degenerated by Reagan Youth, and you're listening to me, Jack, and the punk rock demonstration out here with Paul. Paul Cripple. Paul Cripple. Paul Cripple here. So people like classify your music as anarcho-punk and rock and roll. Peace and punk. What do you consider your music as? Peace punk, definitely anarchist. 
basically we're a band that wants to expose the evils of society through songs. Urban Savages, you have that tribal drumming that Javier laid down. Savages, you know, tribal. Do, 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 do. We're urban savages. No one can manage us. We, we're going to run the streets. You know, that's like, you know, what punk rockers are supposed to feel like. Because corporate corruption polluting up their brain. So with all these years of being quiet, do you think it has affected your musical talent or no, musical um, no, writing skills? Punk rock. It's punk rock. And what it has done is inspire my writing skills because I, uh, I'm not hardcore for life. I, uh, when hardcore went a certain way and uh, it went into like some tough guy mode and it was all about guys and the girls kind of disappeared and it was just kind of friggin' weird. You know, in New York City, I mean. Like sucking each other's dicks and shit? Um, I really can't say because I disappeared and my, no one of them came to see us and we didn't play any Chris Williamson rock hotel shows. Yo, the other thing I hate though, all the fucking hard, yeah, all the fucking hardcore bands I played and they all sold out trying to sell out, even Black Flag, dude. All these people like say like they, lo- they love all these bands, they love what they did and no one ever talks about that. What about SSD? They f- well, they're a fucking like... Um, like they're trying to be a hair metal band. SSD, so let them be a hair metal band. No, let I mean, them be whatever totally, they want. It's totally cool if that's what they want to be, but I mean, like, if you're playing the punk rocks and you're like so up hard up for your cock for it, and like then you go off and make some kind of like music to be commercial. I mean, that's fine if you want to do that, but well, I mean, I, I mean, I don't see how hardcore can be commercial. If you want to be commercial, or if that's your like intended goal, I want to, you know make a living at this and I know it can be done and blah 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 why would you start a hardcore band I mean and you know what hardcore is it's comparable to the blues back in the 40s and the 30s there were a million blues artists a million blues artists and you know what only three of them made it what Muddy Waters BB King you know just like how many hardcore acts made it or people Ian MacKay Henry Rollins, Jello Biafra. We played, up, we played a Circle Jerks and Greg rolled up in the Mercedes. So they totally made it, How many hardcore guys made it compared to how many hardcore bands there are? And just like the blues, do you know how many blues artists there were back then? But how many made it? Howlin' Wolf? I think that's the same with all genres, though. You think so? I don't think so. Look at the disco genre. It doesn't have any kind of... That's where you get all the one-hit wonder bands. Anyways, talking about music and Reagan Youth and everything like that, what happened during like all those years that you were quiet? Um, I got married and had a life, and we'll leave it at that. And then I got divorced and I did how'd drugs. How'd you, how'd, you, how'd you fucking do that with tour? I, I didn't tour. The band toured twice, and we only played during when Reagan was president. And we went on tour in '84, which was fine because that's when. Rock hotel shows were becoming big, and we only played two rock hotel shows, and the promoter, Chris Williamson, and Reagan Youth did not get along at all. So we were kind of shunned from that whole New York hardcore, you know, rock hotel shows. And we had to play benefits like you usually did, and we did our peace punk thing, which wasn't really... And you know what? They did allow peace punk bands to play. Um, Like Nausea, they got to play, but there was a connection there. 
the, the singer of Norge and the singer of Gnostic Front were married. So, you know, I, you know, you kind of wonder how come this associate wasn't allowed to play rock hotel shows. They did, you know. Um, I don't know what kind of music you classify. Maybe Nausea. piece. Nausea? Uh, not nausea, a disassociate. Do you know them? All that shit now is called crust. Is what? It's called crust. Crust, yeah. Like crust, yeah. Like, how come they didn't do more crust? And, um,. You know what, while that was happening, between 84 and 88, like I said, my friend Steve Paz didn't come bother to see me and Dave, even though we kind of like brought him onto the hardcore scene. For those last four years, we went out to California in 84 and played the Democratic Convention in Frisco. That was big, and we played up and down the coast, up to uh, Eugene, Oregon, and uh, you know, down to San Diego, and we played some pretty big shows, and 87 too and then we released our second album you know and we didn't tour behind it we um like i said my singer got beaten into a coma and that pretty much ended the musical career you know between me and dave and uh, speaking about all this stuff what brings you down to california today I love California, and this is, out of every place I've ever played, and I haven't played many places, I'd have to say Los Angeles is my favorite place. It's my favorite place that I've ever played. If I had to pick a favorite gig I ever did, it would be L.A. in 1987. So I have a special place in my heart for L.A. Three years ago when I played L.A., I explained to the crowd how when I was in Frisco, uh, two, two nights before, how Dave wanted to relocate the band to San Francisco. He loved Frisco. It was his favorite city. And then I told the crowd in L.A. at the Knitting Factory, but I was in the band too back then, and L.A. was my fucking favorite city, and they got all psyched, and before you know it, you know, there was a riot, and cops came, and tear gas, and whenever there's a riot because you played, it's a good thing, and it just they didn't destroy mom and pop stores. They destroyed stores that got destroyed a hell of a lot worse by a uh, big business that made off with uh, money by guys by the name of Bernie. Shit like that. Since you've had like so much history in your times of being in a band, have you yeah. seen differences between what it was back, back then, then and now? Girlfriends, you know, um, with the rollers and the silk screen. Your t- you know, your girlfriends did that. Now there's companies that do that shit. You know, and that that's weird. And backline, never heard of that before. When I came back, they're like, "There's a backline band." It's like, and that means what? Um, it means they bring the uh, the equipment and oh, get to use it. Yeah. Like Dooms oh, Doomsday Hour is our backline band. Oh yeah, D- that changed. DRI is asking for that. DRI, yeah. So I, was and I remember when we came to um, California, Northern California, in '84, we hung out with DRI. Spike, their bass player that couldn't drink because he had a liver problem, and this young kid. The bass player? He takes care of all the booking now. He's, he's well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for DRI that they went and they wanted the same thing I did, I guess. You know, that I wanted the same thing, uh, you know, Minor Threat had, who probably wanted the same thing, you know, Dead Kennedys or, you know. And I'm happy for everyone, you know, and I think there should be unity in the scene. You know what I mean? Right? Unity, anarchy, and unity. Those are the two most important things. And no hating. No hate. Yeah, you hate me? No, man. You're I love cool, you, Chris. Man. 
Oh, it's you, man, dude. Oh, dude, I love the two so, jacks. Dude, we're, we're going on in so, two minutes, dude. All right, then. All right. Okay, so Knocked Out Cold has to play a show today, yeah. so yeah. we're gonna have to and, and come like back to after out song. The opening acts. I mean, that's part of why I came to L.A. Yeah. So we'll continue this, okay? So while okay. we take continue a look at the opening band, the we'll take a listen to "Jesus Was a Communist" yeah. by Reagan Youth, and then we'll come back and talk about that. And you're listening to me, Jack, on the punk rock demonstration out here with Paul from Reagan Youth. Hey, welcome back. That was Jesus Was a Communist by the band Reagan Youth, and we're out here with Paul from Reagan Youth. So what is that song all about? Um, that song is about basically Jesus uh, in the New Testament said it's easier for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. And uh, it's basically, you know, anti-rich. Jesus was a communist. Jesus didn't like the rich. Yes, it's supposed to piss off the Christian coalition. Because back when we were doing it, the communists were like the Taliban. I mean, that song has lost its power these days because, I mean, you know, um, Russian communism isn't the most hated thing um, like it was back in 1984 when we came up with that song. And then we didn't end up recording it until 1989. Uh, and by then, the, the Berlin Wall had fell. So it had been nice if we were able to have released that song with the guys that were in the band when we came up with that song, namely Vic Venom, who ended up playing guitar in Nausea, was the bass player when that song was conceived, and uh, Rick... Griffith, he was a, a black man from Barbados, had dreads, and uh, you could see him playing drums on YouTube uh, when Reagan Youth at the Olympic Auditorium, you could see him playing. He was a pretty formidable drummer too. And like I said, we went out to California in 84 and 87 with the new lineup, different lineup than the uh, lineup that, uh, that recorded our first album, which is namely Al Pike and uh, Steve. 
but the new lineup was uh, Vic Venom and uh, Rick, and we started, you know, coming up with songs like Jesus Was a Communist, which definitely sounds different than the first record. We wanted to grow musically, too. I mean, basically, the lyrics are pretty self-explanatory, and the last line pretty much says it all, where if Jesus saw you, he'd be pissed. That's the line. Jesus was a communist. Jesus didn't like the rich. Jesus was a communist. If Jesus saw you, he'd be pissed. Did you get a lot of grief from these religious nuts? Oh, no, no, because we were never big. So what's up with these long periods where you have the song and then like four years later or something, you actually record it or release it? It's, you know what, it's just the Reagan Youth way. So with all these lovely interruptions, uh, I've kind of gotten lost on the question. So we'll just ask one last question. So where can people find more information about Reagan Youth? Um, really, you can't. The thing is, Reagan Youth was kind of a band that, you know, we didn't take pictures of ourselves and put them on our records. That, um, what do you call it, Live and Rare was not, like, officially made by Dave or I. Al Pike made that record. The bass player, and I support that record, but if you look at every Reagan Youth record that was made during Reagan's years, it was nothing but artwork. You know what I mean? We wanted, like, the, the people in the band were important, the message was. And we didn't look cool like the casualties or, you know, like that. We don't look cool. We didn't. We don't. I mean, look. You know, look. I have Tony Iommi. Dave looked weird with this, you know, and I... When I chose the new singer, um, I wanted someone that actually not only could hit the notes and sing, but could actually like look cool, you know, and he does look cool. Not that I'm saying Dave wasn't cool, Dave was the coolest. It's just that as a band, we didn't want our personal information out there, but I guess Wikipedia is pretty on with, uh, with, with what happened. Except Dave didn't overdose on heroin. He overdosed on antidepressants called Elleville. I know this because I saw him the last day, uh, the last night of his life. And uh, I miss him terribly. And Dave, wish you were here. I hope you dug listening to uh, the band up there in heaven. And I would like to say that when I do the third and last Reagan Youth album, it's going to be about Dave, like Pink Floyd did an album about Sid Barrett, their singer. I'm going to do an, a hardcore punk album about my old singer, because he's got a pretty, you know, uh, crazy story there. And, you know, that's not the only reason I'm going to write it, but it's like it helps when you have such an incredible story of this guy's life, you know, to go along with him being my best friend my you know best musician the best human being i ever knew now when you say last 
album or whatever. Yeah. Do you mean that I Reagan? Hated, I hated that the singer, Dave, got beaten an inch of losing his life during our last album, Volume 2. I'd like to change that history and say the last Reagan Youth album isn't about my, the singer being beaten into a coma and lying in a hospital bed in Bellevue for three weeks while he recuperated and never was the same ever after that. I want to make a new ending because I don't like that ending. I know Javier doesn't like that ending. Al wasn't with us with that, but you know, you can understand why I think I would want to change that ending. Do you not? Yes, I totally agree. All right. That's the reason I want to do one last record. What bands are you into today? I like Kanye West. I love R. Kelly's Trapped in My Closet. But, like, you know what I really like to listen to is late 60s, early 70s music. I love Uriah Heep. You know, I like hearing, you know, the roots of music. You know, where... I mean, who did Ian Mackay listen to, you know? Who did, you know, um, uh, Joe Strummer listen to? You know, who did Iggy Pop listen to? You know what I mean? I, I, you know what, if you just listen to what's out there today, there's a whole history of music you're neglecting yourself, and it's always important to keep up with what's going on today. But, you know, uh, I love... My favorite era, because of my age, I guess, is that late 60s, early 70s music. And even, like, you know, all the 70s. I love the second generation X record just because of Night of the Cadillacs, you know? And I download a lot of stuff, you know? I'm not going to lie. I, I like to download, like, hey, I, um, I, I'll go on a site called Rate Your Music, and I'll see, uh, you know, uh, what albums, like, Alice Cooper put out and listen to the first album, see what it sounds like, and see if you could steal a riff here or come up with an idea there, or, you know, that's, you know, that's what us musicians do. We borrow from each other. Well, you can't really keep up with the times if you don't do something like that, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, keep up with times? I, I mean, like, I want the record, the last Reagan Youth record, I want the first half of the album to sound like the first record, and the second half of the album sound like volume two done right third reagan youth album to like kind of be the first half of that record will be representative of the early years of reagan youth that first record volume one and the second side is gonna be more akin to volume two but actually mixed and not with the uh, a gazillion guitar solos going you have to understand like dave was supposed to go and mix all those solos out and leave what's good in not just have everything that we recorded on i don't even know like if back to the garden would have been on it if dave and you have to understand in the hospital bed after he got out we could have mixed it but that's not on your mind when your friend's life has been forever changed for the worse you don't care about a record it was an afterthought anyway oh well i mean i hope i answered some of your questions yes you answered plenty and more so I guess we'll take a listen to one last song by you guys. I guess we're going to take a listen to A Beautiful Day. Is it's it a beautiful, a beautiful day? It's a beautiful day. I guess we're going to take a listen to It's a Beautiful Day. Let me tell you a quick story about It's a Beautiful Day. Uh, when I wrote it, there's a hippie band called It's a Beautiful Day. 
And um, I just wanted to uh, have a song about where punk rockers beat up hippies, and that's the beginning of the song. And then when it gets punk, that's uh, no, the hippies are having a, 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 a barbecue, a picnic. And then when it becomes punk, the music, that's when the punk rockers show up and beat up the hippies. You know, and Dave changed that. He kept the song title, It's a Beautiful Day, but turned it into a anti-vegetarian, I mean, a pro-vegetarian anti-nuclear war song, which is a lot better than punk's beating up hippie song, which is what it was originally. I know, I'm a stupid songwriter. Dave was the genius. But I do come up with some catchy uh, guitar riffs. I hope. They're very interesting. Right, it was nice uh, talking to you. Good luck with everything. So I guess we'll take a listen to the song. It's called It's a Beautiful Day by Reagan Youth, and it's a live version. And we're out here with Reagan Youth, and you're listening to the punk rock demonstration with me, Jack, out here with Reagan Youth. And here's the song, It's a Beautiful Day. Is everyone having a beautiful day? Oh, great. I say everyone just take off all their clothes. Strip down, gang. It's a real hot day, man. Well, what are we going to do on this beautiful day? Go to the park? Drink some sun kiss? in that rain. Well, the fish are swimming in our more polluted water. And we look up in the sky to see the crows flying. And it's a beautiful, everybody, beautiful day. Ba-da-da-da. So we're looking up in the sky over there. What do you see, man? Soundboard! Soundplane! Fucking missile! Sizzling up. 
burning for perhaps an eternity. Hey, this is Paul Cripple from Reagan Youth, and I'm with Jack from Punk Rock Demonstration. And now, it's time for requests. If you would like to request a song, check out punkrockdemo.com and click on the Request a Song link. Have fun, and here's your request on the Punk Rock Demonstration. Alright! 
same old stuff they call punk rock well take a listen to these upcoming songs never before heard anywhere it's the punk rock demonstration new music block remember you heard it here first on the punk rock demonstration
punk rock demonstration. This is Jerry from The Last Priority. Listen to this shit. It's fucking dope. Just get drunk and get fucked up and unity. That's all. Uh, get along, fuck man. The fuck the crews. Fuck, the fuck all that shit, man. Let's all get along. Bring punk rock back to where fucking shit. demonstration!
Squad, I've been talking to Jack from a punk rock demonstration. Hope you enjoy the show.
Hey, this is Joey from the Briggs, and you're listening to Jack with Punk Rock Demonstration. This must be the way, the way it 
We are Death, Death Punch. Punch. You're listening to Jack on the Punk, punk Rock, Rock Demonstration. demonstration. Ow! Give me 
them all behind Like the sun and the moon and the stars above We're gonna be one of a kind Well, I'm moving along I gotta be free I'll find a new love wherever I'll be But my old love is gone I'm moving on I'm leaving town today sun and the moon and the stars above we're gonna be one 